0: Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand In this moment, content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends, welcome to this week's episode. When I was approached by Bailey to come on the podcast, I was excited because what she has to share with us this week is so raw and real. Because Bailey is only 20 and she is right there in the middle of all the confusion and all of the hurt from what has happened to her within her family. And it's so important we hear this. When Bailey was born, her mum just wasn't there for her. And the grief of just that one piece of the puzzle is enough to change a person's entire life. Life, But then there was more grief and more heartbreak. There was abuse and total abandonment and absolutely no understanding from anyone in her life of why Bailey was becoming more and more out of control. And this is where we need to pay attention because this is it. This is where we get the chance to break the generational patterns that have been passed down to us and that we are now passing down to our kids. There is not one single kid that is acting out or going off the rails because they feel deep love and connection with the people around them. Not one. They are acting out because they feel unloved, lost, and deeply lonely, in their own homes, in their own lives. There's nobody there for them. They have nobody on their side, and all they want is real, unconditional love and care. And when they don't get it, they feel self-loathing, and they feel small and insignificant, and they go out looking for someone else to love them. And if that person is not a great person, an abuser, a manipulator, a drug dealer, whatever, that's when it really gets out of control. That's when you can lose them completely. I've seen it happen firsthand. And that 20-year-old daughter or son just a moment ago was that tiny baby you held in your arms. It was the tiny toddler that took her first steps And you clapped and cheered and you hugged her tight. And now you want to destroy her because she's broken? Because all you see is disrespect or disobedience. But that's your conditioning. It's what you've been taught about how kids behave. The one thing I can say about Bailey is that she is an incredible young woman. She is smart and kind. And I have to say this way more evolved than any of the adults in her life. She knows her behaviour wasn't great, but she is now beginning to understand why. And throughout everything that has happened, all she wanted, all she needed, was love, care and kindness. Maybe this is your story too. Please join me now for Bailey's story. Bailey, welcome to the podcast. You connected with me because you wanted to share your story, and you're at a point where you're really struggling in your life right now, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah. How old are you right now, Bailey? I'm 20 years old. 20, yeah. And I know that your mum has never been a part of your life. Can you tell us about what was going on? with your mom when you were a little baby
1: yes I can so from the time my dad met my birth mom she was a really bad drug addict and she was also a scammer and when my dad met her he thought he could change her and we quickly found out that's not gonna happen it's it's just not something that's gonna happen and so when she gave birth to me she was active on drugs my dad would find syringes hidden throughout the house especially in the bathroom she would sneak out while he was asleep to go meet her dealers and so after she had me my dad immediately took the proper actions to get me away from her she was awarded supervised visits and she would either not show up or when she did show up she was messed up and would just be obnoxious and just remind me, I was three months old at the time and she would scream in my face, I'm mommy. And I was scared as a baby. I often didn't wanna be around her from what I understand. And then after that, she really vanished from my life because she was in, in and out of jail my whole life. Whenever I was 16, my dad and my stepmom gave me a letter from her from jail. She was from jail and it was, it was on my birthday. And she was pretty much lying to me the whole time in her whole letter saying how she never did drugs. So that aspect is really difficult because even when she did try to be in my life, it was nothing but a lie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just a lot of abandonment right there, isn't it? Where the one person that's supposed to be there to care for us and to love us isn't there right from the very beginning so there's this big kind of hole there's this big gap missing for you right from the beginning and so you grew up just with your dad and what was your relationship like when you were a little girl with your dad?
1: Whenever I was a little girl with just my dad it was Great. I mean, I was definitely a daddy's girl. I was always with him, always wanting to be with him. He did work a lot, so that kind of hindered me from being with him, you know, all the time. My grandparents helped raise me, and so did one of his friends. They were a couple. They helped raise me. As time passed, you know, we grew apart, sadly.
0: Yeah, and so you were living with your dad, and then at some point there were other people living in the house with you?
1: So they weren't living with me. My dad would pretty much go and drop me off at his friend's house. And if I wasn't there, I was at my grandparents' house because they lived right down the street, so.
0: Ah, Okay, so you had, you were left with other people. And so the couple that you were left with, can you tell me about them, that, that couple? Yes.
1: I would love to. So when he would leave me with them, they were what I knew as my second mom. Well, my first mom, honestly, and my second dad, she was really my mother figure growing up. You know, I really got close with her to because at the time I met her, I was three months old, you know, so I didn't, I quickly attached to her very quickly. And it was getting to the point where I was over there all the time. And she openly told me that, you know, she asked my dad if if, if she could adopt me because we had such a strong relationship and I was over there all the time. But of course, my dad said no. And with her husband, it wasn't the best at all. I, of course, still loved him, but he was an awful person and did really awful things to me.
0: Yeah. Can you share any of those things that happened? So
1: for some reason, I can't remember a lot. And I really still am trying to figure out why. I just have a couple of memories. And one of those is whenever I was over there, I had to sleep on the couch because I didn't have per se a room because they lived in like a barn house. It was really cool. It was like an old barn, but makeshift into a house. And... I would sleep on the couch and he would come out and watch pornography on the living room television while I was in there. And he did that quite often. I do remember that he would sit at the end of the couch that I was sleeping on and watch that. But one of the particular times that I remember was where he came in and I woke up to my hand in his pants and... I pretended like I was sleeping and I just rolled over because I didn't I didn't know what to do I just opened my eyes and he was right there I it was very confusing for me not knowing what was going on that's one of the main times I remember
0: yeah and how old were you then
1: around six or seven I was in that general area Um, because I can kind of piece it together about certain aspects that were around me to remember what age I was
0: yeah and that must have been terrifying for you because you've got these two people who are supposed to be looking after you who are supposed to be your carers and this happens and and you probably don't even really understand what is going on it's just what what do you feel like you must just feel scared
1: so in the moment I was honestly scared to say anything that's why I pretend like I was still asleep and I rolled over to escape the situation and luckily when I did so he got up and just went back and sat at the end of the couch oftentimes I think to myself you know What if I was unlucky? I'm sorry. It's just really hard.
0: Yeah, I understand.
1: And I grew up where I had a really bad problem from the time I was six, seven, maybe even five. My dad and my stepmom would whoop me. um, And they didn't catch the signs of what I was going through. And instead, they punished me for it. So that is also something that I really struggle with even to this day, trying to understand, you know, like, how you can hurt someone who's already hurt, and I actually didn't tell anyone until he did it to another little girl, whenever I, and I and that happened whenever I was a freshman in high school, and he had did it to another little girl, and I, when my dad told me, I broke down crying, and, because I immediately started blaming myself, saying, if I would have just told someone that, Maybe it wouldn't have happened to her, and mm. but when her case went to trial, mine didn't make it through because it was so long ago, mm. and looking back, I actually did tell someone I told his wife i I told the woman who I call my mom she I was at his house after they divorced and I was sitting in the living room and he just was staring at me while touching himself. This is whenever I was somewhere around junior high age, and I got uncomfortable, and I went to my sister's room and I texted my mom. I said, He's touching himself in front of me. I'm really uncomfortable. And she just told me to go to the bathroom and lock myself in it until my sister got home. So my sister came rushing home and when she came home I was in her room and he was laying on the bed behind me and she immediately started yelling at him telling him to get out get out like what's wrong with you and he left really quickly and I ended up I don't remember if I ended up staying the night or if or if my mom came and got me that part I cannot remember
0: yeah yeah so so you're just unsafe at all times in this house because this has ha- been happening since you're a tiny little girl. And, and even when you've made it clear that this is what's going on, nobody's really doing anything about it, are they?
1: No, um, he was a really bad drinker and would often get drunk all the time and he would abuse my mom so she would say that she's also scared too. Yeah. So I feel like looking back, that that was maybe a tactic for me not to be upset at her. In her eyes, if we're both scared, you know, who's going to do something?
0: Yeah, 100%. And in actual fact, she was the adult and you were the child. So yeah, it's really hard when the the person who's meant to be looking after you in that situation it's like the there's one person that's that's abusing you in and and doing the wrong thing and then the other person isn't able to stand up and do the right thing either so it's such an awful it's such a an unsafe terrifying situation for a little girl to be in isn't it
1: it it definitely was. Because really out of all honesty, going to my mom's house was an escape from my dad's house. So no matter how unhappy I was there with what was going on, I would rather be there than at my
0: dad's. Yeah. And I know that you got on well with your dad, and then at some point he remarried. And yes. so you had a stepmother. And can you can you tell us about what she was like.
1: So when she first came into the picture, I was I, what I believe about four or five in that area. So pretty much as soon as one trauma happened, she came in and I was acting out really bad. Apparently I was a really bad kid growing up, didn't really mind. And her from the get go was what I believe really soured towards me especially once she got pregnant by my dad's baby. And so growing up with, once she came in the picture, it was really, I didn't feel safe. I felt, I was always walking on eggshells. I was always treated different than my little brother. And there was often really, whenever I would act up, there was often really harsh punishments, in my opinion. I didn't eat a lot as a kid and she would, pretty much make me stay at the table until I finished my whole plate and when that would make me throw up she would make me the same amount again and make me eat it again so for a while I had a sort of a eating disorder and where if I didn't finish my plate I would have a mental breakdown from that and just growing up for the rest It was never feeling heard by her. If there was ever anything going on in my life, I didn't feel safe to tell her because it would always turn into me getting in trouble. And it got to the point where my dad would stop believing me and believing only her side. And so I just really felt unheard and I shrank into a really big depression and I started acting out in ways that would just fix the pain
0: yeah oh so you're a little girl you have been abandoned by pretty much everybody you're really in grief because you know when we lose a parent it is grief you know so you've lost really lost your actual mother even though you've never really known her You're trying to survive and then you have a a stepmother that comes in and forces you to eat food. And and the interesting thing is when we're in trauma, our nervous system is on high alert. And so it actually causes our digestive system to not work in the way it should. And so the, the fact that you didn't eat very much, it's probably all connected in with this nervous system response and so you you probably didn't want to eat I mean I know I'm the same if I'm in a stressful situation my digestion goes out the window so you know you're you're forced to eat a plate of food and when you throw up you're forced to eat it again I mean that's just unbelievable to me that that's what parents that's what a parent would do to a child just that one thing right it's just crazy it's crazy and so you said that your behavior that you were displaying not great behavior not you know you're not doing all the right things but you're in you're just in this space where you're really out of control internally right everything is is wrong in your life right now So how did that play out? Like as you started growing and you're trying Mm -hmm. to deal with all these different things in your life, what sorts of things were happening for you in the way that you were just interacting within your family?
1: Mm -hmm. So growing up, I had a really bad lying problem. I would tell you anything you wanted to hear if I thought it would make you not mad at me. So even if I got a bad grade, I'm not, Telling you I even got my report card, you know, if I didn't clean something, I'm gonna tell you I did i I was really scared of punishment, and that made me act out in a lot of ways of that they would always find out, of course, you know their their parents and when they did, I would get in trouble and so growing up, I didn't really get to do a lot of things. I really struggled with making friends and I was really reserved and when I did meet someone I would talk too much and get too comfortable too quick just because I guess I wanted someone to listen and then if they found out what I told them that's a whole nother problem. So growing up I started getting into sexual activity extremely early. Stemming from the sexual abuse I was going through Uh, From a really early age, I started touching myself, and my stepmom and dad did notice, and I don't feel like they took proper actions. Instead of taking the proper actions and figuring out what was the root cause of me doing that, they resourced to punishing me. I don't know if it was maybe out of fear or confusion of what I was doing, but... Oftentimes, my stepmother would come into my room at night and smell my hand. And if she thought I did it, she would whoop me. And I really, to this day, don't understand how you can do that. I just feel like all the signs were missed. I really feel like I could have got help sooner than what I did. I didn't lose my virginity till I was the summer before my junior year and but I was before that I was sending pictures talking to older men talking to people my age pretty much anyone that would talk to me I was I was messaging and sending inappropriate pictures to and talking inappropriately to. and after I lost my virginity I went to a downward spiral where I was addicted to not sex, but I was addicted to the high that I would get and not feeling any pain. I I would just focus on that and I was okay for that brief little bit. And then after that, I got really hooked on weed. I was constantly smoking it just to try to forget and escape where I was. And when they caught me sending and talking not dirty to people they would send the screenshots around my family and I was forced to read the messages to my father in his face that was really traumatic for me because that is inappropriate talking like and I'm telling my dad that it was just really uncomfortable and I honestly felt like my privacy was being exploited i i had the whole family's eyes on me and seeing my body like i was just extremely uncomfortable and after that i stopped caring you know i just was like well they've done seen it now i you know why not keep doing it
0: yeah i 100 percent understand that it's when you've been abandoned you're doing anything whatsoever for connection right we all want to connect we all need to connect it's a basic human need and when you have been totally abandoned in this way this is how you were finding a connection this is how you are finding somebody to I mean it's like you're looking for love isn't it you're looking for the love that you never ever received and I totally hear you I totally understand that because we're just little kids we we all we crave is love you know we're just craving that and the way we go about getting it often isn't the best way but it's the only way we figured out and so Mm. you know I, I I totally understand that that's where you found yourself In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Who was actually making you read this out to your dad? Was it your stepmother? It,
1: it was my stepmother. She would because I was really hardly ever allowed a phone growing up because I was always doing that sort of stuff so they would take my phone away from me but of course me being the rebellious teenager I would find a way and whenever they would find out I was forced to read the messages and my dad would scroll through the snapchat and see all my pictures and they would just tell me how much well not my dad my stepmom would tell me how much of a slut I am and how I'm disgusting and if I'm being honest I feel like that made me do it more because I was getting nothing but insults from them and the guys I was talking to they never insulted me you know so I do feel like that's where I pretty much lived in in a way I was only happy when I was talking to someone
0: yeah and that's what I think a lot of parents don't seem to understand is that if you're not going to communicate if you're not going to connect and try and understand and listen and and help your own child they're not going to want to talk to you nobody wants to talk to somebody who's being hateful you know, you're always going to go to whoever it is that's giving you attention, kindness, love. You know, it's not a difficult thing for people to work out and yet it's it happens for so many kids. You know, they they turn away from their own parents because they're not given any kind of acceptance or love. Mm-hmm. And I know that your stepmother was also quite physically abusive, wasn't she?
1: Yes, she was she would often result to, I don't even call it spanking because it was way worse than a spank. It was a beating and what hurts the most is whenever I would tell someone about this, it was resulted in them saying like, for for instance, her daughters would say, oh, I got it worse than you. When one time I couldn't find my hairbrush because it was too tall above my dresser, I was a little girl and I couldn't see above my dresser and it was up there on top of my dresser and I just couldn't see it. So she told me to go brush my hair and I couldn't find it. So I told her I can't find my hairbrush and she picked me up by my ear off the ground and made me grab it and then threw me on the ground. Wow. And I mean, there's, I mean, numerous other times I can think of, she's yanked me out of the shower while I was naked and confronted me about the pictures I was sending when I had nothing on a towel in front of my own dad while she's over here pretty much throwing me around and I'm trying to keep the towel on me. And she didn't let me go get dressed until he told her to go, to let me go get dressed. And it's just a lot of humiliating things that have been done. It wasn't uncommon of her when she's yelling at me to grab my face and squeeze it extremely hard. And I feel like that even to this day is still affecting me, where if I get any kind of any kind of altercation, I shut down, and I immediately start crying because I get scared that someone's going to hurt me or even just belittle me.:
0: Yeah. Did she ever actually try and talk to you?
1: The only time she I would say tried talking to me was when we had a conversation one day. Well, pretty much while she was yelling at me, not even conversation, she said, is there something fucking wrong with you? Like, are you fucked up in the head while she was poking me in my head? And she, she literally said, is there something fucking wrong with you? Do I need to take you to get your head checked out? And at that time was when I was really depressed. And I went into a state where I was like, maybe there is something wrong with me like, if I'm making her so unhappy, like, I went to a very suicidal stage, and the only reason why I could never do it was because of my little brother. I couldn't leave him by himself, and that turned me towards running away. I I ran away several times, several
0: times. Yeah, and... When you would run away and come back, would would you come back by yourself when you'd run away or were you brought back?
1: Every time I was brought back, the only time that I per se came back was when I ran away for about three to four days and I ended up going to my mom's house, asking her to pick me up and she can't pick me up and the cops came and told me I had to come back at the time I was 17. And when I got back, my stepmother wasn't there. And she wasn't there for what I believe was about a day, but I slept pretty much the whole, the, for the first two days I was back because for a while I was gone, I didn't hardly sleep. I was really bad on weeds and I just couldn't get uh, relaxed enough to sleep. And I was in a, almost a paranoia state to where, I const- I was constantly thinking that they found me and I would I would rather at that time had been homeless than back there. I just could not. I was so unhappy.
0: Yeah. And when when you run away and the police bring you back. I mean, is anybody mm-hmm. offering you any kind of assistance, any kind of counseling? Is there anything offered to help?
1: So after I would say the third second or third time I ran away they put me in a counseling to where we were going to try to repair our relationship. And when we went I thought it was just going to be just me or maybe just me and my dad because at that time I didn't want a relationship with her with my stepmom. I didn't want a relationship. I was done, you know. I I was old enough to realize how toxic of a person she she was and I didn't see her changing. So, all I wanted was my dad. And she ended up coming to the first session. And during that session, the therapist asked them to tell me three good things about myself. And my dad, he said three, I, he may have said three or more things. I don't quite remember. But my stepmom, she, all she could say about me was, I'm a very beautiful young lady. And To me, that hurt really bad because, like, you can't think of three things. Like, it was just a slap in the face. And that's what really pushed me over the edge of being done with her. I just felt so disrespected. And I felt like she came for no reason if she's going to be like that.
0: Yeah. And so did you, did the counselling continue?
1: It continued. For a couple of sessions, but during it, I want to say during it, I had ran away again. And that time I was gone for like a week. And my oldest brother came and got me from where I was at because I was sexually assaulted and I was severely beat up. And he came and got me and I went to what I think is one or two more sessions after that because I, my dad let me move out and I was living with my brother and my mom at the time. And after that, I ended up meeting someone who I'm still with to this day. And he was kind of my saving grace as I like to think of it. And so I quit going to therapy because he lived pretty far away from where I was doing therapy I would still like to be in therapy, but it's just not in the cards for me right now. Maybe in the future, but I definitely do think I would still want to do it.
0: Yeah. So so you tried to run away several times. You you've had all these suicidal thoughts. You're depressed, and yet the belief around you is still She's just a bad kid. It's interesting.
1: Yes, it, it very much is. And what's sad is that that's still the narrative to this day. I don't have a relationship with almost anyone in my family. I only talk to my grandmother and grandfather. And I also talk to my little brother. And that's all. I've reached out to my dad and it'll go unanswered. I am just really lost at this point on how to move forward because we were talking for about a three month period, maybe more. And it ended up, it ended in us in an argument because he didn't want to believe how his wife is. And pretty much said that, you know, I didn't grow up in any kind of bad situation that it's all my fault. That, and that's how all my siblings feel. I have almost 13 siblings and they all don't talk to me
0: because oh.
1: of that narrative.
0: Yeah, and that is a narrative, isn't it? It really is because we all deal with things in different ways and you know, there might have been other kids in the the family around and about everybody's getting treated differently. You not everybody gets treated the same not everybody deals with everything the same you know and it's like well everybody else is fine what's wrong with you and it's it's a really lonely place to be isn't it
1: it it really is one of the main things that I that really hurts me is growing up you know whenever your parents wake you up for school you know it's I mean, it's not supposed to be a good experience, but I feel like I got a really bad experience. When my stepmother would come wake me up, she would oftentimes wake me up by poking me on my, on my forehead repeatedly, and then once I would wake up, she would go into her son's room and get in bed with them and you know, start playing with them, tell them, "Get up, my baby. Like you know, just be really sweet." And that hurt really badly or she would just come in and flick on the light and not say a word to me. So it's just things like that that I feel like people may not see it as something big, but it affected me very big.
0: Yeah. Well, it is because you've already you're already filled up with abandonment, grief, you know, anger, like everything is already there and then on top of that, you know, if you if you're loved and cherished every day of your life and someone pokes you on the head, Well, you're gonna go, oh, that's annoying, right? But if you're drowning in just being abandoned and somebody pokes you like that just to wake you up, I mean it's like it's like the horrible icing on the cake, isn't it? It's like the extra thing that just (laughs) kind of you just go, why? Why do I need that on top of everything else? I mean, it's just everybody's experience in a family is so different and there's no real understanding in any way for what you've been through as an individual human and that's 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 the hardest part I think isn't it and so if I was to ask you what's the happiest you've ever felt in your life what what time do you remember
1: the happiest that I would say is now I mean, I don't think there's ever a point in my childhood where I can be like, I was genuinely happy during that time because there just simply isn't, you know, I did enjoy going to work with my dad. That's something that we did most of the time. And I was the designated gate opener. And I mean, I, I really did enjoy that time. But, you know, that's maybe eight hours out of the day that were fun and happy. But after that, it's back to, you know, the same old. But genuinely now, I'm the happiest that I've ever been, and that's why I really do call my fiance my saving. Because if it wasn't for him, I really don't know where I'd be right now. He's helping me in ways I never thought anyone would ever try helping me.
0: Yeah, I'm so I'm so happy that you found this one person that is is there for you 100% you know it is life-changing to find that person and to have them on your side and that's all you want isn't it like right from the beginning all we want is one person on our side and and for some people it just it just never happens so yeah I'm so so happy that you found that one person what what does he What does he do for you, this person? You just feel unconditional love?
1: I feel unconditional love. And I just, I feel like whenever I am into an episode where say we in an argument and I shut down, he doesn't belittle me. He comes to me and lifts me back up and reminds me that it's all right. And he validates my feelings. I never feel like I'm lesser than anyone and it's just so great to have him it really is I genuinely hope everyone finds their person
0: yeah I love that so much I love that so much what a beautiful man and what what do you want your family to know about what you've gone through if you could give them a message about what growing up has been like for you Growing up
1: for me was, I would say, completely chaotic. I didn't feel as if all my needs were met or my voice was heard. And to this day, it still isn't, you know. I would tell them that, you know, I was a very troubled kid and I did some very awful things to them. but. I feel like they need to look at the bigger picture and think about what I was going through and maybe even think to themselves, what could I have done differently that would have maybe helped her? You know, I think I was put in therapy way too late and I was too scared to ask for help. But as a child, your guardians are supposed to see that you need help. You're not supposed to have to ask. And to this day, I feel like you know, I'm being exiled and my family isn't talking to me for things I did as a 17 year old and earlier, you know, like I haven't had any access to them and I feel like I'm being shunned for something I did as a child that I can't control anymore. The things I've done, I've already did it. I can't take it back, but all I want to do is move forward. And I can't do it by myself if no one else is going to step forth and put in the effort. I'm just really ready to have my family back and just be a whole. But if that's never going to happen, then I completely understand. You know, it's 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 their right, but it doesn't meet, mean it's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just no understanding for the situation that you have been in what what do you wish could happen for your future? What would you wish for?
1: A common ground. I really wish I could at least come to a common ground with even one or two of my family members, especially my dad. That's the main one I struggle with on the daily because I see other girls with their dads, you know, they're going out and doing things and I don't even have that with a mom or a dad. And it, If I could have my dad in my life, I would honestly be so much happier because that's the hardest thing to ever put someone through, not having either parent want to be in your life. For stuff that you've been through and just reacted in a really bad way, no matter how much you wish you could take it back, you can't. And I feel like it's being held over my head 24-7.
0: Yeah and we have to remember that most of when this happened you really were a child you know and you're only 20 now and when I listen to what you're saying you sound just just asking for some common ground it sounds so mature like you sound like you are I don't know it just sounds like you know exactly what's happened here now you can see how it's all gone and all you want is some understanding you just want some understanding for what's happened and you want people to understand exactly how it's been for you because you know when a when a when a kid goes off the rails a bit like that everybody stands back and goes oh my gosh you know this kid is bad news and that's all we want. That's all people want to say. They just want to run the kid down. Like we need to stop and say, what is this child going through? What have they been through? Because no child who is loved and cherished goes off the rails. They just don't. They just don't. It's it's what's happened to you. So, oh, my goodness, your story, you know, it's I can i i in my chest you know I, I do want to just cry for you because I totally understand it and I'm going to tell you you're so not alone like there are I reckon millions of kids teenagers early 20s who have just been through the same experience and being completely abandoned and I just want to send you so much love because to me you seem like a beautiful young woman and you've been through hell and I I have so much love and understanding for where you're at right now if you're if there's somebody listening to this who is a parent of a teen what would be your main message to them is it just that they need to be heard what what is it
1: I would say just to open your heart And don't be so crude, just remember that, you know, they're still growing and, you know, things they do might hurt you, but you really got to just remember you were there once too. And just to come at an act of kindness, the world needs more kindness than it has right now.
0: Oh my goodness that is such a beautiful thing I love all of that Bailey you deserve such a beautiful life you deserve to be loved and cherished you deserve to be cared for you are innately lovable and worthy and your brain has just been trained your whole life to believe that you're nothing of value and I think so many people can relate to that, you know, just feeling like they have no value. I think it's time for you to understand that you've been surrounded by people your whole life who've not been able to see your grief, your truth, your potential. They've not given you the love and care that you deserve. They've not heard you. You don't need anybody else's approval in this world. You just need to be beautiful you and, you are unique and amazing. It's just that you don't believe that right now. And, yeah, I just I just hope that you can just really come back to your true beautiful self, you know, like that beautiful human that's inside and you've got now somebody that really cares for you and loves you. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. It's, I can see how hard it is for you to speak about it because so many people I have on the podcast, you know, they're 20 years out from this, but you're still so much right in it and I can see the pain there. So I really appreciate you going through all of that to share your story today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on here. I just really wanted to say one thing. If, there's anyone like me listening don't give up you know it's I know it's hard trust me I know it's hard but you only need yourself in this world if if they're not going to care for you you're not worth being in your life I can promise you that you can bring yourself more happiness than anyone can
0: yeah that is a hundred percent the truth thank you so much Bailey